0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight this ferocious battle to defend life, liberty, property, our way of life, standard of living, and everything that matters in between. Here at CR Podcast, your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for Thursday, April 20th, and now is the time of the essence. Time is definitely of the essence now. It will be that way tomorrow. It will be that way the day after. We don't have to wait until January 2025 for a supposed Republican in the White House, nor can we afford to wait for it. The battle is now. So we've talked a lot this week both about presidential election, about the congressional Uh, effort around the debt ceiling. If we have time, maybe we'll focus a little bit more on that. But I want to zoom back to what we focused a lot about over the last year or two, which is, A, the GOP authority in the states that they already command and that they can use right now, right now, without any media interference, without any Democrat interference. If only my colleagues would recognize that and focus their attention and pressure on those wayward Republicans – It would be a different at least half of the country. And then connected to that is medical freedom. The very narrow window that we now have left to preempt the biomedical security, surveillance, experimentation, and genocidal state. That on the one hand, COVID is done with. All the measures are unpopular. No one wants to hear about it. But on the other hand, it's fading from the memory while they are continuing, they are not retreating, they are reloading. You might not see it evidently in your life now, but they're continuing it and they're building the next generation vaccines, surveillance, biomedical security. That means now is the time to quash it. But legislatures are you know, rapidly getting out of session, wrapping up session. Republicans in the House have shown no desire to focus on this. So once again, we're going to raise awareness to this issue and others as well. I first just want to say we have a Mississippi ConAction team leader. So if you live in Mississippi, Jennifer is going to lead the team there for us. Go to conaction.network, sign up. We now have teams in Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Tennessee, Missouri. Florida, Alaska and South Carolina. if your state was not on that list and you want to be a team leader, email me at Daniel at startmail.com. This is where the fight's going to be won or lost. Uh, I mean, you look at Florida just yesterday, boom, pass a bill uh, prescribing the death penalty for groomers. Ban teaching sex uh, you know sexuality in K through 12 now. Banning castration, female, ba- you know, men and female bathrooms, one after another. We have a governor, and again, you could say, you know, there's often bills that are even stronger, and you know, we could do better. But at least broadly understands. Wait a minute, I have a supermajority trifecta. I'm going to run up the score. Why don't we have that in other states? Because we haven't built this movement that we're trying to build. So I want you guys to definitely be a part of that. Now, another great organization that I partner with that works on kind of training candidates, training people in the Constitution, Biblical Citizenship, and Handgun Defense is Patriot Academy. I'm looking forward to being down there with some of you guys joining me for their inaugural defensive handgun training on their own campus in Fredericksburg, Texas, beginning Sunday. Um, it is really exciting. Patriotacademy.com dot com slash Daniel. Obviously, next week is sold out, but we have courses going throughout the spring and into the summer. So if you want to wait till the kids get off of school, five days of being out on the range with the most godly, amazing patriots in this country, just really wholesome people. If you ever wanted to know who else thinks like you, who else listens to this show, is not just a Sean Hannity listener, but understands what's at stake, shares our values, and then you're going to shoot together, hone in on your marksmanship, all that good stuff, five-point draw. We're actually going to have on Sunday, I believe, Sunday or Monday, Stephen Wilford. uh, He's the Sutherland Springs church hero uh, during that tragic shooting. He is the guy who took the shot from 50 feet away, got a headshot. How many of you feel that you can make such a shot? Sweep your garment. You know, I, when I, I go to services, I, I'm always wearing a sports jacket. Sweep, so I, and I do outside the waistband carry. Sweep the jacket, drive down on that gun, proper five-point draw, and make the shot. That's what you're going to learn. We all say, oh, we're for the Second Amendment. We talk about it. But how many of us actually know how to win a gunfight? That's what you're going to learn at Patriot Academy. Five day course, two thousand dollar package for five hundred dollars because their their donors help subsidize it for us. They now have their own campus, and I cannot say enough good stuff about it. We'll be talking about that more next week and when I'm on the ground there again. PatriotAcademy.com slash Daniel. So, folks, some of you might have heard on Tuesday. You might have seen headlines both from the liberal media and conservative media. Oh, the FDA waved the white flag. They um, deauthorized the original series of COVID shots, the monovalent shots. And they only have the the bivalent shot now. So, wow, you know, okay, it's over with. It's over with. Ha ha ha, they realize it's stupid. Own the libs, own the libs. No, 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 no. They are owning us. They are not retreating. They are reloading. They want you to believe it's over with. That's a signal to the Republicans, it's over. No need to look at the vaccine genocide. When in fact, if you look carefully what they did, it's a brilliant rope to enshrine, for, even before we get to RSV and the flu and all the other ones they're working on, but even the COVID shots. They're actually not getting rid of. And before I just explain what this means and what they did and didn't do, I want to preface this with an amazing article from ABC News last week. Why people may be forgetting their COVID pandemic memories. Now, as you well know, when you see these random articles, like they go through the science of forgetting trauma and they quote all these people like that's so random. We always knew this, but we now understand that when it came to COVID, the everything from the DoD on down engaged in a psyop—literally the type of things like counterinsurgency that they would do when engaged in overseas operations. They engaged against the American people. The corporate media is owned by the government. The, um, you know, the intel community, CIA, FBI. You know, again, that's how you saw. The New York Times supposedly caught the Ukraine intel leaker before the FBI. Did. No, they're working together. They're working together. So basically, they're trying to groom you into a message. They want you to forget while they reload and grow the biomedical Joseph Mangle estate so that when they're ready to bring it out the next iteration of it upon you, you won't be prepared. You won't be prepared to understand where they're coming from at a personal fear level. And you won't be prepared legally and politically. As the United States continues to open up the, and fewer restrictions and mitigation measures remain in place, it's hard to imagine the early days of COVID. Much has changed from three years ago when workplaces schools were shut down, businesses shuttered. As we move into a new phase where COVID-19 is more endemic, many of these memories will fade with the passage of time and the constraints of how much our brain can hold. But experts say it's more than that. Neuroscientists and psychiatrists told ABC News that we may also try to forget certain memories to protect ourselves from the trauma that we've been processing over the last few years. Additionally, as vaccines and boosters become easy to access, reducing the number of hospitalizations and deaths, we we basically are saying we forget how bad COVID was before the shots. I mean, by the way, they just lie. Literally, we had three quarters of the deaths after the shots came out. It's unbelievable. They could just they they could posit things that are demonstrably false. No one disagrees with that. We have the complete timeline of the vaccines and the deaths. (laughs) If nothing else, they obsessively counted them, so we have it. Um, But anyway, and they go to how memories are formed. They want you to forget. Back then, they wanted the fear factor. COVID, COVID, COVID. That's all they wanted you to think of. Now they want you to forget. And here's how it ties into Tuesday's announcement. You see, the government had a problem. They could no longer continue. There's two ways that you could push vaccination. There's the current urgent fear. Oh, my gosh, you got to do it. You got to do it. You're going to die. You might die tomorrow of COVID. So that's what they were using until now. But, you know, it ground to a trickle. No one fears it anymore. No one knew is going to get another shot. So the game was over with. Now, even then, it's not over with because they still have the flu shot. They still have RSV. And really all the existing ones that we need to research and it's a scam and, and God knows what sort of autism and autoimmune and allergies and who knows what else came from them and they need to be dealt with, but all the ones in the pipeline. But they did one better. They enshrined COVID into an endemic schedule. See, if they say every four months you have to get a COVID shot for the pandemic, people will laugh it, laugh it off the street, right? It's over. The emergency's over. So they did a rope dope They took the original shots. Yeah, yeah, the original shots, it's over with. But what they did was they, they, said they took the bivalent shot, which, by the way, is just as obsolete because um, whatever, B4 and B5 are completely gone. You look at CDC's own website, they've been gone for a few months. It's a joke, but they're keeping it. You don't need the original two, just one. And they said you can get the original, even if you never got the vaccine, now you can suddenly get the booster even though it was never tested in people like that. It was only tested as a booster, not an original shot, but that never matters. Okay, but what they're trying to do is, this is not what Switzerland did. Switzerland is like, we're no longer paying for any COVID shots. We're done with them. We don't recommend them anymore. No. They recommended a new booster for immunocompromised and um, elderly, not just in the fall, but right now, right now in the spring, so to keep that flowing, keep that panic flowing. But then they're basically making it a once. This is a way of making it an annual shot. You understand what I'm saying? If I say it's under the guise of a pandemic, you, then you get nothing. It's over with. So instead, what they did was, oh, it's like the flu shot. They groom people now for an entire generation thinking you go into a pharmacy to pick up Sudafed or something. And they're like, are you up on your flu vaccine? Oh, no, no, I'm not. OK, here's the flu shot. Every August, September. So now every August, September, you go in there. Are you up on your flu shot? Oh, no, no. Oh, are you up on your COVID shot? Boom. That's a way of now roping in PSC. right now, you don't only rope in, let's say, the top 5% crazies under the pandemic. But if I say, oh, no, no, this is just, yeah, yeah, it's not a pandemic. It's not like serious. But think about it. Do people think the flu is serious? In fact, most people probably, even elderly, probably take the flu less serious than it even is, right? Because you're used to it. But nonetheless, you're kind of groomed, like you know, you you have your oil change, your you know uh, annual maintenance on your house, your car. This is your upkeep. It's like it's like a wellness. That's what they've groomed people. Are you up on your shots? It's the pharmacy. It's your primary care physician. What he does is he pulls up your records and he sees it all. And that's all they do now is they look, are you up to speed? And they start, some overtly pressure you, some, maybe they don't, even the more gentle ones, but like you feel stupid, like um, I'm not being responsible, I'm not up on my vaccines. Boom, now you have an annual COVID shot, all ages, forever in perpetuity. That's what this was designed to do. That's why Congress cannot run away from this, but indeed they have to double down. Now, our other sponsor today, folks, is Barrel Buddy. As you well know, I'm excited about this. Headed on our Patriot Academy shooting trip, you need to have a clean gun. So I just used Barrel Buddy for the first time. I hated cleaning guns. The dirt never gets out of your hands. The smell. Here it is the cleanest, most efficient method. It comes in cartridges. And they almost look like they're too big to fit into the barrel. But but no, you 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 press the ends in and then you push it down and it goes like butter it has easy to flow but full compression 360 degree compression gets it all all the um car you know the um carbon out in one push and then by the way you lube it or no you you put the solvent on first so it has a cleaning action but then a squeezing action all in one motion cleans it done you don't need all those rags and dirty things and smelly things done. And then you could run another cartridge in with lube to get an even application of lube on it. It's made by Eric, Paul, and Jim. Great conservative patriots of, buy and for our type of people. Michigan boys that uh, have been doing this for 10 years. This product has not gotten enough attention. I did not know about it. I actually look forward to cleaning my guns too often People find it tedious and um, they don't do it and it's really not safe. It really isn't. Uh, that's the surest way of jamming your gun and not having it prepared for when uh, BLM guys attack you and you, you need it. Um, so cleaning our guns is really important. Barrel Buddy is a totally new concept and the best way of taking care of your firearms. You get for 15 bucks, 50 cartridges from Barrel Buddy. So it gets you a lot of cleanings, will get, give you a lot of mileage Um, Again, you should always clean your gun after a few hundred rounds or so. And certainly those of you who come on our trip, 700 rounds fired, you're going to need it. Um, Sometimes jamming a round peg into a round hole actually does work. BarrelBuddy.com is where it's at. So, folks, this is what they're trying to do. Peter Marks, who is the director of uh, the Center for Biologics, he's the guy that we caught on emails um, basically pressuring whistleblowers to go ahead and approve the shots when he knew they weren't ready. At the stage of the pandemic, data support simplifying the use of authorized mRNA, bivalent COVID vaccines, and the agency believes that this is the approach that will help encourage future vaccination. So he he said the quiet part out loud. It's to encourage future vaccination. They can't continue it under the guise of pandemic, so they made it kind of just an endemic flu-like schedule that was the bait and switch and by the way you know it's not to simplify because it's actually extremely complicated they have seven permutations if you're this if you're that they didn't simplify it at all even from their own perspective it's a complete joke that is what they're designed to do now folks again this is before we even get into rsv and flu Now we know they're going to have mRNA flu, mRNA RSV. They've also created with billions of dollars of marketing and turning pharmacies into vaccine pumping factories. Now they're going to be even more visceral about the flu shot. And it's not a secret that Moderna and Pfizer are going to have out soon a triple combo. So, you know what? Yeah, it's kind of arduous. Flu, RSV, COVID, we're going to give it all in one. So this is the most brilliant thing to do because you could only have like kind of regular increments during a pandemic. No one's going to go for that. But people are already groomed into, oh, are you up on your schedule? That's what they're going to do. It guarantees, guarantees perpetual inflammation, perpetual autoimmune, perpetual death, perpetual cancer, and perpetual revenue. For Pfizer, Pfizer, um, I'm going to have an article out tomorrow, and I'm going to post this. They have a, they had a, this uh, PowerPoint briefing slide. It's slide 10 of their quarter four earnings, quarter four from last year. And you look, you know, they had massive earnings in 2021, 2022. It goes down a little bit this year because very few people are getting. But then it starts to go up next year and, and skyrockets in 2025, 2026. And now they have a separate chart showing what they predict with their RSV flu combo. But this is just of COVID. Like, wait a minute. You're predicting more revenue from COVID the next three years than in 2023. But I thought the shots are over with. No, they're not. This is how they're going to get the entire population to get an annual shot. Think about it. The last 12 months, very few people, except for the crazies, We're getting new COVID shots, whether it's original series, third shots, fourth or fifth or sixth shots. Now they're going to rope in a much larger cohort. The three quarters of of America, but it's really like four fifths of adults at least that got the shots. Now, a percentage of them do regret it, but you get what I'm saying. It's more than half the country. They're still going to be open to Oh, okay. Um, you know, up to date. I know it's not a pandemic anymore, but you know, just like I get my flu shot, and they're gonna do it at the same time. So, you'll tell the pharmacist, "Uh, well, you know, COVID's still a thing. I thought it was over." Well, you no. Know, I mean, it's just you know, it's endemic now, but it's still important that you know you don't get sick from it. This will prevent you from getting sick. Of course, lie to your face, just like you're getting the annual flu. This is the new flu. See. They didn't want you to think of COVID as the flu in 2020. Now it will help them and their agenda to thinking it. And then, of course, you, you push down everything else, and, um, and there you go. You know, I was thinking it was reported last week. There's an article I saw from Fierce Pharma. It's a website. Pfizer is the first company in the history of all health care to break the $100 billion revenue barrier last year. 100 billion in revenue. They used to be like number 3 or 4, now they're number 1. They supplanted J&J for the first time. Do you know what's interesting? So they earned over 100 billion. Typically they earn the last number of years between um 40-43 billion in revenue. If you take away the money they earned from the shots and Paxlovid, you get about 40 billion. So in other words, the entirety of their increase was from you and me funding, or the Federal Reserve printing money, for the government to market, distribute, shame, indemnify, and mandate their products on you. I just want to give you a sense of how we don't have a free market anymore, and what we need to do, and why we need heavy-handed tactics to fight heavy-handed tactics. You can't just say, well, I'm not for regulation, because... We don't have a free market. The number one pharma company was created solely by virtue of coercion. And it's still, Biden is putting 5 billion more into next gen, not even next gen mRNA, Nipah, Zika, Ebola, RSV, but COVID. They're not done. So all of the issues that we need to resolve on COVID That There's the perception that it's down. Kick it while it's down. Don't run away from it. They want Republicans to not take up this issue. What I'm telling you is the genocide is continuing every year. And again, even if the shots were taken off the market, people need treatment. We need reparations. You can't just let this go. I mean, they're not even shy about this. And by the way, um, on their slide, Pfizer has COVID-flu combo. Look at that. They expect 40% of their revenue to come from that by 2026. COVID-flu combo. Think about all these losers that go and get the flu shots. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's, I mean, it's the overwhelming majority of seniors, half of adults, a lot of companies mandated or, or, you know, and this is why we need to still fight this in state legislatures that you can never mandate the flu shot. The flu shot it is open, incontrovertible data. It does not work. It does not work. That's number one. Now, what does it do to your immune suppression? I don't think the flu shot obviously does all the you know, cardiac things and other things that the COVID shots do, but there's no gain. And again, you have to understand, I'm gonna put in your body RSV, COVID, and flu. Now, let's just say COVID was more like the flu shot and the RSV was more like the flu shot. They're both gonna be deadly shots. But let's say they're more in line with the flu shots. But even that, When you put that degree of inflammation in so on, now that we understand, some of you understood this before me, but I now understand it. Antibodies aren't just, oh, we just gave you the key. It's an uncontrolled explosion of all different types and classifications that do all sorts of things to you in terms of allergies and autoimmune, and then suppress the macrophages and the T-cells and the B-cells, and, you know, your white blood cells, all these things. It's not simple. This is the biggest pro-life issue. It's in their earnings. It's in Biden's order. And let me give you one other data point. One other data point here. HHS. Do you know, April 14th, last Friday... Javier Becerra, HHS secretary, he extended and amended the PREP Act. So a lot of people thought, oh, the emergency's over with. Yeah. But despite that, my understanding is he extended it to, I mean, they'll extend it in perpetuity, but for now, it wasn't even like another three months. Through December 2024! 2024! And they're open about it. Over the past three years, the PREP Act declaration has provided liability protection to manufacturers, distributors, and other organizations conducting countermeasure programs and providers administering COVID-19 countermeasures. By the way, they use that term. It's a military term. This coverage includes liability protection for those entities engaged in manufacturing, distribution, or administration of COVID-19 countermeasures, such as tests, treatments, and vaccines, purchased by the federal government for administration at pharmacies and other locations. So Paxlovid is still fully indemnified. The shots are fully indemnified for another year and a half. Ask yourself this question. If it's over with, why would they need to be doing that? So what I'm telling you, this is not just about the next iteration of creating pandemics, creating vaccines, blocking treatment, surveillance, discrimination, ICD-10 codes, and all that stuff that we haven't even touched on and rectified. And this endless masking in hospitals. But even the COVID shots themselves, they are banking on revenue. It's in their earnings. You think Pfizer is stupid? They're like, oh, well, yeah, we're just predicting this, but government's going to pull the rug out. No, they, they own the government. And we're just running away from it. So again, we need to fight this in the HHS Appropriation Bill. The members of the Energy and Commerce Committee and the Appropriation Subcommittee on Health are going to be critical. The, the PAH, whatever, uh, Pandemic and Hazard Prep- Preparedness Act reauthorization expires at the end of the fiscal year. That's another big thing we talked about. This is going to happen again. And by the way, speaking of this happening again, um you know like when you you're sick either naturally or they unleash pathogens on you um antibiotics are a game changer okay i mean one of the big differences between the spanish flu and now is they didn't have antibiotics then a lot of viruses are really most viruses unless they're gain of function you're, unless you're at the end of your life god created us create us designed to get through them bacterial infections could get more complicated but thankfully God has given us antibiotics. And I understand there's some of you more natural and you might have legitimacy to it that sometimes they're overused and there's different opinions on that, but definitely you want them on hand and government has kind of made it clear that there's going to be a shortage. There is a shortage. Jace Medical has it for you now. You don't have to beg your doctor to I like, do oh, prescribe it for you without seeing you. All that nonsense. Um, you know, I love this business how you can't get a hold of Azithromycin. No no no, only a doctor. But suddenly when it comes to marijuana, we're all libertarian. Pick a freaking side. If you wanna be all libertarian, I'm fine with that. But why is it only the things associated with cultural rock gut that you can get now? But anyway, go to jacemedical.com, promo code review. You're gonna to have to fill out a brief questionnaire, about eight takes about eight minutes, um, because they can't just, you know, there has to be a legal prescription, they can't just give it to you. Um making sure you're not allergic to things. And then you will get your Jace case of five life-saving antibiotics to have for emergency use. That's jacemedical.com. So they want you to forget this is not over with and it's continuing, but the peep, but it's unpopular. Now is the time to demand in your state legislatures. Take the shots off the market. I'm telling you, this is phase two. You might think, well, if people, if only 1% are getting it now, no one's gonna get it a year. No. When they start with the flu shots, and this is even before the combo comes out, that's when they're gonna get everyone in their annual physicals and at the pharmacies. I don't, if you are someone that you have to root out every abortion everywhere, ban it, rape incest then 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 by a factor of a million because this is no informed consent and there's so many people still in the dark about what this is and it is shocking how even after we made it easy to fight against this issue it's no longer popular there's so much information out republicans won't do it so i'm gonna i will not let that issue go because they will not let it go By the way, there's a Brazilian study published in Cell. It's it's titled SARS-CoV-2 Spike Protein Induces TLR4, Medicated Long-Term Cognitive Dysfunction, Recapitulating Post-COVID-19 Syndrome in Mice. Basically, what this means is that um, the spike protein destroyed uh, brain synapses and caused neuroinflammation, memory loss, and cognitive dysfunction between 30 to 45 days after exposure. So now this is in mice, but you know, if you see it in mice, you often I mean, usually if it's fine in mice, you still have to make sure it's good in people. But if you know it's a problem in mice, then that's a red flag. So a lot of and and I'm curious if you guys have seen it a lot. I I have suspected this in people I know in life, and I know a lot of people have talked about this. So there's a lot of people after they got the shots, they're physically just not right. They're just never the same. A lot of inflammation, a lot of different ailments. A lot of people have noticed that cognitively and mentally, there's someone in my family. I suspect that um, this is literally a study. It talks about the mechanism. Actually, I'm a Brazilian study published in Cell: SARS-CoV-2 spike protein induces T- TLR4-mediated long-term cognitive dysfunction. Google that, and it will come up. If you want that for um, proof, neuroinflammation, memory loss, cognitive dysfunction. And by the way, when you're talking about neuroinflammation, antibody, an uncontrolled antibody response, it doesn't take a, you know, Sherlock Holmes to to um, understand that when you have, I, I have kids, you know, of school school age, and both into my own kids and their friends and who they're around. I look at these kids, and I'm like, they have brain inflammation. They're just off the freaking wall. And anyone will tell you that, who's in education, all these therapies, and child development, no one disagrees on that. Then in a matter of a generation, kids, the ADHD, the um, focus issues, the behavioral issues, and then obviously the spectrum of autism, and then you get into some of the physical things like the autoimmune, the celiac, the peanut allergies it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to realize that when you when you pump in that many antibodies in such a short period of time the first 18 months of a, of a baby's life I'm like gee I don't know in 1980 autism was 1 in 40,000 and now according to CDC it's 1 in 36 it, it might just have something to do with it I'm not saying it's the only factor Maybe it has something to do with it. Maybe it's something we want to look at. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's something we want to look at. But, folks, I want to continue. The importance of pushing this in state legislatures. Again, our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Adopt a Legislature, the last chapter, we have a checklist. Most states have not completed most of those items. But there's a fascinating political article that is on what I've been singing and screaming for years. Democratic governors lose their grip as Republicans nab super majorities. Republicans all this is a liberal paper. Republicans already dominate state legislatures, but the scope of their power has reached a new level. So despite all the sad things, I mean, we don't even know if you can win a national election anymore. The U.S. Senate has become tough. More than half of all state legislatures have become so lopsided that House speakers and Senate presidents can neutralize veto pens. And it's shifting the center of policy making. And they basically go through how, you know, you have Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina, Wisconsin, where you have Democrat governors, but Republican supermajorities. And then all the other states where you have Republican governors, but you have, um you know, Republican supermajorities as well. Now, it's all relative. They're saying they're blocking new radical leftist things. Yeah, but they're not interposing against the tyranny that the federal government has already inserted into economy, business, society, and culture that if you don't positively pass new good things, you're not going to get anything done. But they understand the play down the field. But then they talk about how it's not so simple. We're not really utilizing them. They give the example that we've given for so long in North Dakota. Republican Governor Doug Burgum has so far vetoed five pieces of legislation passed by his own party supermajority. The measures range from preventing schools from using pronouns consistent with a person's gender, yada, yada, to rank choice, voting. So, the point is, Politico sees this if you only utilize the Republican power in the states that you could never lose to Democrats. See, the one thing about the polarization going on now is Republican blue states are gone. A lot of purple states are going south. But remember, Madison's design gave equal representation to all states, regardless of their population. So in North Dakota, Idaho, Wyoming you control everything that goes on there as much as Democrats control California with tens of millions of people. But we're not. Because nobody else is joining me focusing on synergizing the legislative sessions, pressuring them on the issues, creating environments for, for primaries, pushing our agenda. Again, gradually, a couple issues here and there, we're doing it. But we're leaving so much on the table I know there's been a lot of talk, a lot of the tranny bills have passed. Most of it is too little, too late. We could be doing so much more. I don't want to hear about but the Democrats, but the media, but Biden. Oh, the presidential primary, the presidential general election, Congress, Kevin McCarthy. Right now, on 90% of what ails us, if you had Tucker and Hannity and Levin and everyone, do what I'm doing, focus your attention no end. On those wayward Republicans. Focused on gubernatorial primaries. Elevated our issues. We could could do so much. And and that leads me to our next guest. A live fire example tying in. Tying together. The medical freedom agenda. I mean literally a survival of humanity. The biggest pro-life issue. As well as focusing on red state legislatures. So, folks, two weeks ago, we had on attorney Tom Renz, who has been really a warrior on the legal and policy side of COVID since day one, working on discovery, working on defending rights. But he's also gotten into our project of working state legislatures. And I've been building this throughout today's show the emergent, urgent need to capture this lightning in the bottle while COVID policies are regarded as unpopular, stupid, but they're rapidly fading and people don't care anymore. Now is the time to kick it. Don't run away. They are continuing it. But for once, for once in our lives, do we have to suffer the problem first? Could we not get ahead of an issue? Again, Politico is warning about all this GOP control. With super majorities in, in more than half the states. Heck, a lot of them, you don't even have enough Democrats to go around to populate the committees. So I don't want to hear about but the Democrats, but the media. Your own influence pressuring these members, that is where it's at. So he warned us about HB 1169 in Missouri. This bill from Representative Holly Jones that requires labeling for products that have gene therapy. We talked about this. One of the major things that we have to look towards the future, but really it's happening now, the continuation of the biomedical security state, the transhumanism, is that, well, even if you can get around the mandates, what if they just put it in the cattle? And I think we all agree there's already harmful inflammation and, and, and vaccines and all sorts of hormones that are put in that shouldn't be just even before this concern. But we need to get ahead of this and certainly at least embark on this, this issue um, with mRNA that we know already is, is deadly and, and very problematic. This is a forced abortion. So if, you, if you're in all these legislatures, abortion, abortion, that's all they care about. All right, I, you know, it's important. This is a factor of 100 because this is a forced abortion. Now, there's good news and bad news. The bill did fail in committee, HB 1169. But what can we do there? What do we know? Tom is with us today. Hey, Tom, thanks for coming on so quickly to give us this important update.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Daniel. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually very, very excited about our position right now. Uh, these, these, uh, the cowards in Missouri, and there are a number of cowards there, four out of the 10 committee members voted in favor of informed consent, which means six of the GOP-controlled committee members voted against informed consent now mind you we specifically carved out exemptions uh for for farmers for ranchers this bill did nothing but require informed consent before you get a gene therapy or uh, medical intervention regardless of whether it's in food or plants or whatever it's in right so it did nothing but informed consent these six committee members voted against informed consent make no mistake about it
0: six and republicans or six total
1: six total but some of them were republicans you know it's a majority republican state uh i think there's only two or three democrats on the committee yeah so,
0: so so we ha- so so four republicans voted for the bill um but it was defeated 4-6 because a couple of republicans joined with the dems classic example so it went down. So why are you so optimistic?
1: Well, I already have the next state lined up that we're going to have this bill in. And I've got several others on on uh, queue. We're going to get this bill through. OK, now there's some things that we've got to do this. This action. So yesterday, during this com- the day that the committee vote was going to happen, the people had been speaking so loudly about this that they quit. These guys on this committee quit answering the phone at the state house. They wouldn't talk to we, the people, but you know who they did talk to? They talked to the lobbyists. The lobbyists were there meeting with them and telling them, hey, if you guys don't shut this bill down, you will never be elected again in Missouri. So these guys all sold out to the lobbyists because they thought that we, the people, would forget about this.
0: Daniel, agricultural lobbyists, trade associations. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I will tell you, I actually on
1: a uh, tweet this morning uh, reposted, and you can see it. It's posted to the top of my Twitter right now, and I hope everybody will share it. But I actually, uh, Shannon Cooper said that he wanted to thank the Missouri Cattlemen's, the Missouri Farm Bureau, the Missouri Corn, Missouri Soybeans, and Missouri Chamber. Those are the groups that we need to boycott. We need to make them accountable. And here's what I want to suggest. I want to give your listeners something to do, because we always talk about the problem, but we, I want to give them something to do. Now is the time for we, the people, to act. There needs to be a political price to pay, pay on this. We need to make sure that you keep calling. You need to think, Holly Jones. You need to... Thank Bill Hardwick. And I'm going to post the names and the numbers for everybody who voted for and against this so that you can call and either thank them or ask them why the hell they imposed informed consent. I also want you to, if you're a member of the Farm Bureau, if you're a member of the corn grow, Missouri Corn Growers, you need to cancel your Farm Bureau insurance and find someone who's actually going to take care of you and represent you because this actually puts small farmers at greater risk for, for litigation. I have never sued an independent farmer in my life, nor do I have any intentions of it. But these guys are going to be at greater risk of litigation in the future because of this. So what we've got to do now is we've got to hold these guys accountable in Missouri, and we've got to get ready for the next round. We've learned things. We know who our enemy is. And the next round is going to be real simple. Do you want to vote for or against informed consent? We're going to keep putting this bill out there, and we're going to find out every rhino in this country. Then we're going to hold them accountable. We're going to keep calling peacefully. We're going to do this properly. No stupidity, no threats, no violence, no stupid. We just want peaceful uh, engagement in the civic process. That's what we need. That's how we free our country. We can do this. Now, I'm going to keep suing people, but we're also going to we also have to work the legislative side because we can't change the law in the courts. We can well. We're not supposed to do that. I mean, some of the leftists
0: do. The other side is able to do it, but we're we're not going to be able to do that. Could you do? You have bill numbers and states for us where where we need to know. I know there's one in Idaho. I've been pushing, but I'm told the committee chair won't hear it. Um, Tammy Nichols' bill. There. Where else should we look?
1: Well, Tennessee has one right now,
0: and I'm going to get a
1: list of who. You know, one of the things I'm going to do is, you know, I can work with these people. I want to make the heroes out of the people that want to be heroes and villains out of the people that are villains. So, you know, if Idaho wants to work with me, I'm happy to do so. My first recommendation in Idaho, though, is that we list everybody's name on that committee. We put it out publicly and say, here's who you got to call. These are the people who are against informed consent. If that committee chair has got the gonads to stand up against the we, we the people, that's fine. That's fine, but we'll just remember it next election. Let's make sure everybody on the planet knows who they are. It's time for these people to pay a political price. It's time for we, the people, to leverage what we have. See, everybody wants us to think that we're powerless. We own this country. It's our country. We just have to, sure. we have to do something to show that, and it doesn't happen without us doing this. This, this was a test run in Missouri, and uh, it went very well. We had millions of
0: people involved really I, I mean, we have lost unanimously a lot of times on our first round with something novel. So, you know, it was kind of a close vote. I never thought it would win on the first state, but now you built a movement around it. Um, your tweet was viral. It really went all over the place. i want I want to just I know you're we're both kind of towards the end of our time slot here. um u s. kenneman's association, it's the one trade association that did not oppose the bill, and they said they're forming a task force to to study, you know, where gene therapy is put into products so we know about it. I'm surprised by that. What, what's up with the Trades Association um, being supportive of this?
1: Well, you know, I talk to them, and they're good people, and they represent independent
0: ranchers and in cattlemen. They don't mm.
1: represent the Bill Gates Farm Factories. They represent yeah. the actual ranchers and cattlemen. So I am working to see what we can do with the U.S. cattlemen to, to get this done. They, they supported the concepts in this bill. And uh, I'm going to work with them on some of these other bills because, you know, the, th- the dirty secret is, is what's happening now is about uh, the same thing that's happened everywhere else. They want to eliminate the small guys, get rid of the independent farmers and independent ranchers so that Bill Gates can control our yep. food supply and put whatever he wants in there.
0: L- literally a mirror that. image of healthcare, mirror image of healthcare, exactly. independent doctors, practices, everyone has to now work for the cartel hospital associations yep. that mergers acquisitions, buy up everything so they could get their COVID protocols, other protocols down, ban the things that work. Impose the things that kill. Same thing with the food. And that's why it's not just the mRNA COVID stuff, but it's a broader problem that a lot of us have felt. And I know RFK has been warning, and I thought he was crazy. I used to think these people were a bunch of granola leftists. And I know you did as well. But we've all learned that there are clearly problems with inflammation, with what is being done to our food, where it's coming from, both in terms of the pricing, uh, scarcity, but also quality of it. And, and this is a big – so this this both kind of straddles the medical freedom fight but also gets into the next phase of the Great Reset, which is the food. Um, what, could you tell us what more you have learned about the scope of the concern of the problem of stuff being put in cattle?
1: Well, it's not just cattle. That's the problem. So the cattle was a, was a false flag that the other side was using. Everybody's talking about the cows. Here's the thing. Sequity is an MRNA platform that's approved in the United States and used in pigs right now. Medicago is growing. Uh, the, I've got pictures of the, of the plants. They're growing plants that have the COVID vaccine grown into them. So when you eat the plant, you become vaccinated. This is in the food supply. And the bill is about the food supply. What they did, what the other side did is they, they wanted to say make it about cows because there's not a licensed product for cows in the United States. Mm. But that was a false flag. They kept trying to focus everybody on the cows. The cows are at best secondary. What about the pigs? What about the the plants? What about all the other things? And what about the food that we're bringing in from other countries with no labels on it? Maybe it's not licensed here. Maybe it's not happening here. But are you gonna tell me that Chinese cows are safe? How do you know what China's doing? Do you think they would tell you the truth anyways?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I they they exported COVID, the COVID shots, the everything to us, um, and but they themselves aren't stupid enough to dabble with mRNA. So yeah, I mean, that wouldn't shock me that they would poison us, um, kind of like the TikTok of, of food. Yeah, you know that's that's what they're gonna do. So. Um, Looking at this, obviously, the, the in a lot of rural red states, I mean, the farm lobbies are just huge there that you got the Chamber of Commerce. You got the trade associations. How do you break through that when they just own these Republicans?
1: Well, that's the, that's the key here is we're going to make real clear going forward. This is a battle of we the people against the lobbyists. OK, the Republicans, the Democrats, I don't care. You're going to have to decide, are you for we the people or the lobbyists? And this is the perfect issue for it, Daniel, because no one, no one can politically oppose informed consent. So we're going to, I'm going to suggest to every rep going forward, we put forth a bill that's a page, maybe two. And all it does is provide that you got to give informed consent on any gene therapies, gene pr- altering products, or, or, uh, uh, medical interventions and informed consent's got to include all risks and benefits, reasonably expected to to occur, including adverse events of special interest so that they can't keep lying and saying, oh, these aren't side effects, they're adverse events of special interest. So you can do that in a page or two. No pork, no pun intended, in the the bill. uh,
0: And and, and what are the exceptions for? Explain again who is required and who is not under this bill.
1: Well, listen, uh, under the bill that was in Missouri, we exempted farmers and ranchers Um, and and independent. But but the bill ultimately needs to focus on on end users, right? So as long as the end user's informed. Now, realistically, if the Cattlemen Association actually cared about the cattlemen, what they would do is say, listen, if you're going to put this stuff in the cows, you're going to have to track it and make sure that you're getting the labels for it, because our farmers don't know about this. That's what they should be doing. But they're trying to convince the farmers that it's going to be some sort of a burden on them. I mean, we have this labeling requirement that, that, that for this sort of stuff all over the world, it's in a lot of places. It's not a real big burden. It's just something they don't want to do. The cows already have to be tagged, right? I mean, the cows are tagged from the time they go to the time they end. There's no additional burden on the farmer because when the farmer takes his cow, it's got a tag on its ear. The tag, you know they, know, they know which cow it is. The burden is not on the farmer. The burden is on the reseller and the person who's creating this. That's where it needs to be, and uh, it's just that simple. But they're going to try and they're going to try and usurp this. There is no legitimate reason for anyone to oppose this. They're just going, but they're going to try and convince everybody that there is the real reason. Have that they, they
0: denied it, that it's a problem? Have they denied that 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 there is gene therapy in products?
1: Uh, well, they're very careful in how they do that. Right? I mean. A number of the lobbyists said that it was the the problem is we'll have to label everything when when they testified in Missouri. Now, what they didn't know is that, you know, OK, well, you just gave me ammo because now I'm you've admitted that this isn't everything. But, uh, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I don't know how far it is. And that's the reality is we don't know how far it's gone, but we do know it's there. And we do know and that they
0: have a desire to get everyone doing it. They talk about self-spreading vaccines mm-hmm. and it would be stupid not to um be concerned about this. So again, if it, doesn't SB99, do it. by the way, it's SB99 in Tennessee, um similar language, uh, not exactly the same, maybe S1018 in Idaho, any more. Not
1: not yet, but you're about to you're about to have a bunch more. We're we're talking with several states. And here's the thing, Daniel, I want to stress this. This is the most important and the easiest way to deal with any opposition you get if you're calling your rep or calling whoever. Say, well, listen, if they're not putting it in the food, they don't have to do anything. Why do you oppose it, right? If you're not already doing it and you don't intend to do it, why do you oppose the bill?
0: Let, let, me, let me be clear about that. You're saying the bill does not require a generic disclosure of the status. It's only no. if it is present, you have to disclaim yes, it. Yes. So there's no reason you would – why oppose it? If it doesn't exist, it's not a problem. Why wait. oppose it? Um, absolutely correct. We're out of time. I know you got to run. At Ren's Tom on Twitter is where you'll be announcing news on this. You could also follow uh, him on Substack. Tom, keep up the good work. I love what you're doing. Keep us updated.
1: We're going to keep fighting, Daniel. I hope everybody will help us help us in the fight. Take care. God bless.
0: So, folks, that was Tom Renz. A couple of points here. First off, this is exactly what I was building towards. This is a live fire drill, live example of exactly what we could be doing. We typically lose these votes, but they're kind of close. It doesn't have to be that way. If we had a focused movement, again, join conaction.network. We do have uh, Andre and Angela Ong run on our Missouri team. I'll be talking with them later this week um, about this and other things. So you could join there. We have other states as well. Um, you know, This is something that's very, very important. We got to get ahead of this. This is what understanding our book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, is. When it's not just about COVID itself, but it's an understanding, holy smokes, they are willing to purposely poison and kill people. So just understand that ain't the only way they're going to do it. Um, and this is a simple way of finally getting ahead of an issue rather than being years behind it and then still losing it. It's a very important issue. Number two, um, and this is very important. You need to use the power of the state to fight power. We don't have a free market. So I don't want to hear, well, I don't like regulations. You know, like I had a little bit of a friendly disagreement with, with Thomas Massey yesterday about e And we could talk about that at some point. I and mean, he has legitimate concerns about privacy. But my point was there was no – it's redundant. There, there's no more privacy issues with that. It's already – you know, you're just running through the system. It's already there. Um, but whatever. I mean he had legitimate points as he always does. He's brilliant. But my point is that we don't have a free market. Okay, so you have to be willing to use the regulatory structure that we apply elsewhere to where it's needed most and just, you know, and make it as simple as possible. We have to be willing to do that. And finally, connected to that is Walt Disney. This is why the DeSantis versus Disney fight is so important. It's not just about the underlying issue of woke capital, the wokeness. That's true. But it's a broader point It's a broader point that a lot of people are missing. The albatross across the necks, around the necks of red states, making them blue, not red, is not so much that they're scared of the tranny mobs or whatever. They are scared of the special interests, the agricultural lobby, the medical lobby, the chamber of commerce, the big employers of a given state. Disney, until now, is the 800-pound gorilla in the room in Florida, like... Bayer, Bayer, I mean, Tom didn't bring this up, but Bayer is based in Missouri. They've been giving problems on this bill. Sanford Health is in the Dakotas. Walmart and Tyson's is in Arkansas. A whole number of corporations are in Texas. Every other governor and legislator, Republican governor and legislator, it's not even so much that they're liberal. They're just up the rear ends of these associations. If you don't break that tie, we will never have freedom in red states. DeSantis not only was willing to do good stuff despite them, like a lot of people are like, okay, you won. Why go after Disney more? It's overkill. No, it's not. It is an important lesson to demonstrate that you can govern, you can make it that they're dependent on you, not the other way around. And then, of course, Trump in his circle is dumping, 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 dumping on DeSantis it's not just that woke capital is one of the most important issues. It's that showing that you're not going to allow the, the local state 800-pound gorilla corporation control our culture and politics is the single best way, the single best way of ensuring that we actually have red states of asylum to go to to live in. And, and folks, that's just the way it is. Again, some of you are like, Daniel, all you do is bash Trump. Really? All I do is that? (laughs) Today's show should demonstrate that it shouldn't even matter who you're supporting. I don't care. We can't wait until then. It won't matter who's president. This is what actually matters. If only we had a movement, we could have half the country with freedom. Let's make it happen. ConAction.network is the website. Daniel Hurwitz at Startmail.com is the email. At Conservatives is Twitter. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.